Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Antonio. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer, and a guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. Check out our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're up around 550 subscribers right now. Um, we got interviews with former Army football players, uh, former Army, uh, current Army coaches. There's a lot up there. Just check us out and um, give us a subscribe and also give us a thumbs up on this video. It gets us out there a little bit more. And if you're watching right now, please, we're going to go over Army's game against Troy. Please send in your comments. We'll get your comments up. We'll read your comments, suggestions, uh, just ideas and thoughts about where the Black Knights are. Um, guys, it, it was a 10-9 loss. I can't even I can't even believe I'm saying that. 10-9. That's just like an odd football score in a college game, you know. 10-9, Army loses to Troy. Um, you know, uh, Army fall is now three and six. They have three games, regular season games left. And you know what? We've been the one game at a time, right? Steve, I know as a football player, you, it's you go, you're trying to go one and zero every week, right? And I think in the back of our heads, we have like me, Seth, you know, we think about a little bit ahead of the game. We think about all oh, bowls and the potential bowls. Well, that might be completely off the table now. So now it's just like focus on the task at hand, which will be a good UConn team coming in on Saturday against Mikey Stadium. But first, let's um, get this Troy game out of our system. You know, let's get this Troy game out of our system. Uh, I think we needed the 24-hour Steve Anderson rule after that game uh, yesterday, Steve. Yeah, no, uh, you know, two tough weeks, uh, close games, uh, one-score games. Uh, of course, Army covers both weeks, <laughs> so that right, uh, yes. that always that always uh, that always helps um, uh, a little bit. But yeah, no, I, I just really uh, really surprising um, that that the way the game just kind of turned out the way it did. You know, of course, everything gets highlighted with the miss extra point and the miss field goal. Um, Extra point has to be made. I think that was the first extra point missed in the guy's career. Yes. And uh, that field goal's tough, uh, but you got to have ice in your veins. The kid the kid has the leg. He just needed to execute. So uh, tough, tough loss, um, especially we lost as far as how we were basically in control the whole game. Um, and then, you know, where we pride ourselves in the last, you know, who finishes the strongest who hits the hardest, who, who's going to be ready to go at the 60-minute mark. Um, and we just fell short um, just by just about by two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. You know what? I was going to mention that in my uh, quick thoughts. I'm still working on that. That'll be out on Monday. You know, the fourth quarter Warriors thing was a big deal when Army was on the rise, right? They were able to um, just outlast and come up with plays in the fourth quarter when they were having success. And this year, for some reason, it's not happening in the fourth quarter. I mean, not for the effort. They're playing hard, Steve. They're just either unlucky, the penalties, um, you know, some unfortunate, you know, errors. I mean, they're this team is this team is playing hard. They're just not making the winning plays at the end. I don't know, Seth. What what are your thoughts after you? Just, well, you know, your, your quick overview. Yeah, my my overview is that uh, this is a game we should have won. Uh, we had several missed opportunities in the first uh, in the first half. Uh, the fumble on the one or two or three yard line, uh, the fumble after we recovered a fumble on the tw on, on their 23. 
Um, the missed extra point, of course, the miss, missed field goal in the second half. Um, I, I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, Sal. I, I don't see the effort there because I see the turnovers. I mean, the effort might be there in terms of the blocking and, you know, guys running fast and trying to tackle. But, you know, quite frankly, yeah, defensively, we played a great game. Offensively, we didn't do what we had to do. Um, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm concerned about the coaching now. Um, I, I, what I saw again on uh, yesterday was similar to what I saw against Air Force. Um, you know, if it fails, try it again. And, you know, we had a couple of real nice plays to, um, uh, to Marshall uh, on the outside, uh, some pitches. And we didn't go back there for a number of plays. We didn't try it. Uh, we, we, we dug ourselves holes um, in the second half, you know, except for the last, the last series where we drove down the field. I mean, even there, I mean, a minute and a half left. I, I don't know exact timeline, so correct me here, but a minute, a minute and a half left, and we're doing fullback dives for a gain of two where we need 10 or 12. I mean, there was a 42-yard field goal attempt. Is that correct? Yeah, 42, yeah. Okay, well, would it have been better if it was a 32-yard field goal attempt or a 27-yard field goal attempt, whatever it might have been? Um, and and I, I don't understand it. I don't understand. Somebody on one of the chats said yesterday, and I think this is correct, that something like 75% of our offensive plays were either fullback or quarterback dives, you know, up the middle. And, you know, I, I, I don't get it. Well, I think that in the first half, right, the game plan was to grind the clock a little bit, have those long drives, let Tyre Tyler run the football hard, give it to the fullbacks. That worked. They moved the football, right? They moved the football. But well, here's what happened. They didn't score. They didn't score. You have those. I mean, I just, I just, I just feel like you take any game of a triple option team and 75% of the team, 70, 75% of the plays are going to be fullback to and quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just. I think that's just the way it runs out. I'm not saying that a situation and everything pertains to that. I just – I was so amazed at Murphy's ability to run with the ball. I mean, he he is an absolute athlete. And towards the end there, we just got to get the ball in our athlete's hands. Um, and uh, I know Jones came in late there and, you know, a little, little – um, you know, just had to dust the dust the rust off a little bit, but he got in the groove. Um, I agree with you, Seth. Uh, you know, the the fullback give is is uh, a little, you know, kind of like, oh man. But again, I just I don't know how many are those called fullback gives, and how many of those are the quarterback reading and the defense making us give the fullback dive. You know. Steve, not in the two-minute offense. You're in a two-minute offense. The, the quarterback's not reading anything in a two-minute offense, right? He's running the plays. I, I think, mean, if right? they're running the triple option, that he is, Sal. Mm. If if mm. it's just if it's just Jim or whatever they call it now under Coach Munkin, where they're running, hey, run true triple option, like the full thing. Like, okay, here's the fullback. If that end doesn't crash and the defense is like, hey, that's fine. We're going to let you give it to the fullback. I mean – that's not on the coaching or the quarterback. I mean, I guess you could argue that um, it could be on the coaching for for calling a triple option and and not telling them to get to the perimeter. But I think you know more than anything that we were look. We got down there and the last the the last first and ten we had 
when we needed to get 10 more yards, we just, you know, we, we didn't execute. We did. The guys have got to want it more. And I know the efforts there, but it, there's, there's effort. And then there's seizing the opportunity and going above and beyond and being playmakers, right? Big players make big plays and big games. And from here on out, every game is big. Okay. I noticed something in the last two press conferences, two weeks ago, uh, last week, there wasn't a press conference. They just gave us, you know, the quotes. Uh, and, um, and, and this week, um, you know, when they talked to Tyler this week, I don't know who it was two weeks ago against Georgia state. Uh, that was two weeks ago, right? Georgia state, I think. No, that uh, three, three Louisiana Monroe. The last and... game we lost before. Okay, at home. Um, anyway, yeah, he said it yesterday. He goes, you know, there's more to foot. There's more to my life than football. I got to tell you something. You know, you're the quarterback of the Army football team. I'm sorry, guys. That's not the right thing to say. You know, you know, he's saying, oh, you know, we're we're here to become soldiers and this that. Well, today we're at the football game. Today we're playing a football game. And I got I took that to say that, you know, maybe they're not taking this that seriously anymore. Maybe they sit there and say, you know what? We're not a good team. We're going to finish. I'm sorry. That's why I felt. That's why I, mean, I, 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 I find that. I find, I find that hard to believe. I think it's more, yeah. um, and I hate to say this because, look, I don't I don't know the, the inner uh, motivation uh, of the, of, of him, but, you know, some of that can kind of be looked at as uh, just, you know, maybe looking at an excuse or, you know, trying to, trying to make people realize the bigger picture here. Um, but at the end of the day, like, <laughs> look, I went through it. A bunch of army football players went through it. Your number one job as an army officer is to win. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, you need to win. Um, and, and that's the mentality driven into you from when you're a freshman at the academy and until, you know, as me as a senior captain major in the Army, uh, you got to win. I, I, I did not hear that. And in, in his his comments yesterday, I didn't hear anything about winning on the football field. Let, let, Seth, let me let me um, butt in here a little bit. You watch Tyler Tyler play the game of football. And if you're not if you're not watching him and tell me he doesn't play as hard as he could possibly. I agree he does. He plays and he doesn't care about football. I, I think he I, does. I, he I mean, said, you can't really those press con- you can't read too much into the press conferences too much. You know, uh, okay. He I'm care gonna... he cares about football. He cares about winning. They're yeah, just, I, and I, 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 see, I, think, I it, think he's a tough kid. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a real tough kid. I was just surprised what he said. And you know how he was kind of like poo-pooing it, how he's kind of like saying, Well, we're here to to get an education and become army officers. Yes, we know that. Of course he is. But he said something, and I'm like, wow. I mean, you know, it's instead of sitting there and saying, you know what, we're gonna get him next week. You know, he did say that a little bit, but we're gonna go get him next week, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna make you know correct our errors. He was sitting there saying, yeah, you know what, there's more to the more the more to life than army football. You know, and, and, and you know what, Seth, I, I, you know, I think maybe he's just he's you know he's frustrated. Yeah, he's frustrated. Okay. I, 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 don't I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I can't I can't I can't put it past anybody who um you know who suits up for Coach Munkin and, and gets to see the field and gets time, especially the starting quarterback. Um and like Sal said, I don't think you can read too much into it. I think it's it like you said, Seth, I bet you were a, a bit surprised, like, whoa, that 
that didn't sound like what I expected, but I, right. I think we all I think we all know that Tahir, you know, wants to win games, needs to win games. Yeah, it, he's a tough kid. I, I admire him. He's not a big guy, and he, he you know he, he he gets you know he gets beat up out there doing what he's trying to do. And I, I I'm impressed with that, and I I respect him for that. I was just surprised by what he yeah. said, and I'm surprised by what I saw on the field over the last few games where I see a, I'm just going to say it. I see a lackluster effort. And again, that could be the coaching. That could be the players. It could be the talent level. It could be a combination of all three, but I see it, you know, and as a fan and I'm a fan first, I haven't followed army football since long. Before yeah, I think that's a little... <laughs> um, as a fan first, I sit there and say, boy, this is frustrating. Uh, and it is. It's frustrating because this was a game we should have won. Last week was a game that we should have won. Um, a, a couple of the other games, we you know, we, we were in the games and we and we didn't win. You know, and this this is it's frustrating to me as a fan. Uh, it's frustrating to me as a journalist uh, who covers a team too, but more as a fan. I mean, I as Seth, as a as a journalist, what do you think about new? You know, what what John Griffith brings up about. New uh, position coaches. You think you think that has anything to do with it? Having uh, new position coaches at certain at certain I, I, you know, the, the buck stops at the, at, at the head coach. Um, you know, if if our you know if our offensive coordinator is is calling these plays and the head coach is not involved, well, shame on him because he needs to get involved when things go. If things are going good, everything you know. Hey, I, I ran a company for many years. And I had people who reported to me, and I didn't bother them as long as things were going good. If things went bad, I got involved. And things are going bad. You know, I don't know how much Jeff Munkin's involved or not. I, I, I'm not there. And I hope he is. Uh, I expect him to be. Yeah, but the calls I'm have seeing, to go. I think the calls do. I mean, he has a headset on. He's hearing the, call, the play calling. And if there's something that he might not like, I'm sure there's, the, there's a veto power there. Um, so here's the deal. Army has scored in single digits the last two games in a row, right? The last time that happened is 2008. Um, at the end of 2008, when they played Rutgers and Navy, it was single digits. Yeah, I'm sorry, Steve. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that was, that was, uh, that was my, my sophomore year. That was when yeah. we lost the Navy 34-0. But, I, I, I mean, I think there's something to say there, Sal, where, I mean, you remember us talking all season, um, you know, the offense was putting up. 40 points, 35 points. I mean, going in the Air Force game, we were averaging 32, right? And we yeah. said it was going to be a defensive battle, and we thought our offense was going to outscore their offense. Um, and that obviously didn't happen. And, and same kind of thing with Troy, right? I mean, we've still been putting up points all year. So I think it's, you know, we always talk about how, you know, we need the defense to show up in certain games earlier in the season. And now we need our offense to show yeah. up, and it's not happening. So now, now the shoe's on the other foot, so to speak. And as fans, right, we get super frustrated because we used to score points against – I mean, Coastal Carolina's, you know, much better than Air Force and Troy, in my opinion. Yeah, I think are. that seems – and we put up, what, 31, 35 points? Uh, 28. 20, 28. 28. Yeah, 20, you know, so – 28, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's – um. I think that's where the frustration gets as a fan um, because we have the ability to put up the points. Now we know our defense has the ability to stop them and we just can't get those two things to happen 
uh, in a given week. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think Air Force's defense and now a granted it's academy game, so you know, all all you know, all bets are off, but their defense shouldn't have held us to single digits points. Troy's defense shouldn't have held us to nine points. Um yeah. I think I think but that's Steve, um, Steve, why is that happening? I know we had that we had the turnovers in the first half and turnovers I, happen. We all know I that. Mean, that's it. That's it. Seth, we don't turn the ball over at the one. That's six. There's six, at least six, maybe seven, right? Now according to that game. We don't turn the ball over after we fumble or after we after we get the momentum and force a fumble and we get the ball on the 23 yard line, that's three there, right? I mean but we're still winning, we're still winning nine-nothing at halftime, correct? Okay. And the second half, we didn't show up until the last drive. Yeah, we had two good plays. On offense, on offense, on offense. On offense. I'm talking about only offense. The defense yeah. was great. I don't yeah. I'm not even talking about that. I was shocked the defense was so good with two of our best players out. Okay, but we what what happens? We didn't show up the second half against against Air Force. We didn't show up the second half against these guys. I mean, I I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And again, I you know you said before that you know the dive the, the fullback and quarterback dive is is the it makes up seventy five percent of the option. That might be true, but it, but but if it's if it's not working and it wasn't working in the second half, and these other plays are working. We'll try some more of these. Try well, no, I, th I, I think um, you know, and look, I, I've only, ex I've only been on the triple option offense for like a week, um, so that's all. That's all I know is where is that. But what I, what I've, what my understanding is, is if we call the the triple option, the pure triple option, right, and. We're trying to get the perimeter, but the team's not giving it to it. We're not going to change the way we do our reads. Now, I love, I loved one of my favorite plays is like the the superpower keep, right? Where it's like fullback goes right, pull guard, right? Slot back goes forward. The slot back in motion goes forward, right? It's like a super quarterback I sweep. I, like it. I love it too. It's one, it's one of my favorite plays. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's um, – the, the thing is, is that, that penetration play on that D lineman where he just swam or ripped through and just came right across the line and just sacked us for, what, a seven-yard seven, seven loss, you know, as Tahir was trying – was it Tahir or Jones in the game at that point? Are we talking first half or second half? Are we talking at, the very end, at the very end of the game. Oh, Jones. Jones. Yeah, it so was Jones was in the game, yeah, and he yeah. broke one tackle, but then got tackled for a seven-yard loss. I mean, shit, man, that that that's that's rough towards the end of the game. It's hard, yeah, and I think that you know, toward the end of the game, right, Seth, you're talking about um, Marshall, Mike. We talk about this a lot. Unfortunately, you know what? I on the last catch, the play that Marshall had the ball, he got hurt. He got hurt and was on the sidelines. I had some Army fan point that out to me. Uh, uh, today, I think so. Hopefully, Ajon's okay. Um, Ajon's a playmaker. Ajon, right, we got it. We, I, I agree with we got to get him the ball more. He's Tyrell Robinson, basically. He's Tyrell Robinson the ball more. with a little bit. I mean, he, he, the, he the reason Army went, guys, in 1983, 1984, the reason we went to the option is that we, that the coaches, young, you know, did not yet understood that we could not be a power. Offensive, we cannot go out there against larger defensive lines with a smaller offensive line and win the battle. 
Okay. And, you know, we always say the coach, we the, the, the name of the coach we should never mention. He went back and when he got here in the late nineties, he went back to a, a pro pro style offense. And we all know what happened there. Okay. We, for army and Navy and air force to win, you got to, you got to mix it up and you got to count on speed because speed anybody can have. You can recruit guys with speed. The, the, the military doesn't stop you from recruiting, you know, super fast kids. They do stop you. I guess there's some uh, re regulations that stop you from, you know, kids who are too big, you know, and, um, and, 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 that, and that's the bottom line. Let's do what got us to this place back, you know, whether it's the 1980s or, or, or more, more recently the last five years, you know, or seven years now, seven well, years. And, yeah, I, don't I, mean, I think it. I think to your point, Seth, the, the getting Marshall the ball in space, uh, getting getting our playmakers the ball in space is what exactly. is what's going to be our success. You know, yeah. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, the last drive of the game when you when you get that first down and you run two fullback dives and then you run that out to Brahim Murphy for five yards. I, I tweeted that that out should have been the second down play. Should have been a first down play. Why couldn't that be your first down play? You throw the Absolutely. ball five yards, it gets out of bounds, stops the clock. I think they were really? playing a little bit of a clock game. I think they, you know, were just trying. And I asked Munkin after the game, is is there a spot where Moretzky likes to kick it from? Does he like the left hash? Does he center, right? Where does he like to kick it from? But it seemed like they didn't put it in the middle of the field anyway when they were running. They didn't run to the middle of the field in those two plays. You know, and we, we were playing for forty-yard field goal to, and to win the game, and yeah. you can't do that at West Point. Uh, this kid's a good kicker. You know, he missed two, 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 but he's had a pretty good year this year, right? And you know, what, what's his long? What's his what's his longest field goal this year? Maybe. 30s, 38, maybe. Okay, so we we set him up. But we we set him up to fail. We the coaches, somebody, because the bottom line is we we tried two two dives up the middle that got us nothing, and then you had like you said you had the you know the down and out which gave us you know five six seven yards, but you know the the goal is to get as close as you possibly can, if not get into the end zone. Yeah, and we don't why need, the, not? We don't why need not to try it. Why not to try to get into the? I mean. Well, we, we didn't try that. We, it was Here, like here's trying the thing to kill too. the clock. <laughs> here's the thing, too. I when was you're screaming at, at the Army, TV set. Sorry, Seth. When you're a kicker at Army, you don't get a lot of rep, field goal reps during games, right? I think he was, he's six six or seven going into the game. You don't really get a lot of game reps when you're when you're um, kicking field goals. So, I mean, yeah, he had one earlier in the day. He kicked like a 26-yarder, and he made it at the end of the first half. And we haven't even talked about how the end of the first half went, too. And maybe that foreshadowed a little bit of the second half for, for Army. But, um, yeah, and let's talk about special teams right now while we're at it. I mean, the punting is horrible. 16-yard punt, a 13-yard punt. You know, I researched today because I'm – you know what? I'm thinking, how many times has Army shanked a punt this year? They've kicked 27 punts, right? So I'm like, let me go through. And I'm just going through by yardage. And I came up with five out of the 27 have been shanks. I think there have been a couple more. I think I'm off on that. So you're thinking like 20% of your punts are being shanked and you're losing field position on those plays. I mean, part of you, if you're going to, if that's going to happen, you. But those punts are happening in your your end of the field. They're not happening like near midfield. You have to punt in those situations, right? Man, I don't know. They gotta they gotta find they gotta find a, a solution to that because this UConn game, right? I don't think this is good. From what Army showed us those last two games, 
I'm not sure the scoreboard's going to break in this game, right? I'm sure you're going to have to play a little field position against a very good UConn game. UConn I'm going to look up the what the uh, what the what the line is right now. It was, you know, I looked it up, right? Can you believe this is going to be wrong? My app has to be wrong. Army's favored by eight and a half on my app. Eight and a half. I'm like that I'll, can't be right. That can't I'll, be. Right. Uh, I don't have I don't have my my phone with me, but I'll, I'll check that. But my, I think I think what we got to get back to right is we got to get back to executing proper offensive football and that's holding on to the ball and not getting behind the change and and, and like my it, it's it's so you know frustrating disheartening you know as a fan to watch this offense that we've seen produce so well cough the ball up so many times. I cannot believe we're just giving the ball up the way we are. And that has nothing to do than mental toughness and discipline from the individual carrying the ball. That's all it is. So, and let's remember guys, you know, we were a touchdown underdog against Air Force. All right. And we were like eight or nine against Troy. Um, so it's not like we were so, you know, Vegas, who's very good at what they do, you know, we weren't supposed to win these games. And we had every opportunity to win both of these, especially Troy, where we had we left at least at least 10 points, 11, actually, for the, the extra point. I'm not counting the last field goal. Um, 11 points on, uh, you know, just just out there. So I, I think we got to. We got to reel this back a little bit. Understand these teams that we're playing were actually, you know, quote unquote, better than us. We played better than them for the most part. And then, you know, we just, it, you, yeah. we won't beat anybody giving the ball away at the goal line and losing the momentum we get the very next play, giving it away again. It, we just, we, we won't. Not a lot of teams can. Not a lot of teams in NCAA, high school, NFL can just give the ball away in those situations and come away with a win when the other team does a pretty good job of taking care of the football. Yeah, so I, I think I, I have the Army is a 10-point favorite. Yeah, that's that's some. Uh, let's go to John Griffiths. I'm concerned about the consistent way this team loses and leads leads in the second half. Coastal UTSA Air Force and um, well, John, I'm a I'm a I'm a diehard Ravens fan as well. So I've had a couple <laughs> a couple hard fourth quarter second half weekends um, this year uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. Do uh, just watching my teams in the second half. So I, yes. I mean, I, I think he, I mean Sal, we were talking about this earlier, right? The 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 second half. Um, the army football mentality of playing sixty minutes and and outlasting and, and and grinding your opponent down. So yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I I don't know if concerned. You know, but yeah, definitely the 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 way the second halves have gone have definitely been uh, frustrating to see, say the least. Disheartening, right? I mean, uh, maybe disheartening is the wrong word. So they had. They have eight fumbles lost this year already. 
I think last year they had four. I believe Coach o mentioning earlier in the year they only lost four fumbles last year. So, and these are big. These are at crucial points of the game. They're not just you know. I mean, it, it, it's been rough. It, 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 it's been rough. It's. I don't know how. Well, let's let's talk about let's talk about what comes out after halftime. After halftime, the other team seems to be making adjustments against us. They see what we're doing and they make adjustments. It happened with Air Force. I think it happened with Georgia State. And it definitely happened, you know, yesterday. Um, and we're not making the adjustments against their adjustments. And, yeah. and you know, we fumbled. We fumbled twice yesterday, but we were up nine nothing after those fumbles. Let's be clear, okay? We're up nine nothing. We should have been up twenty four nothing or whatever, twenty three nothing, whatever the score might have been. But but the bottom line is we were still up, and in the second half we did nothing. We were, uh, I think, we had three consecutive, four consecutive, four outs. Um, you know, it's definitely three. I think it's four. And starting with the last, the last drive of the first half, which we should have scored something on that too, and we didn't. And then the yeah. second half. I mean, I mean, I, again, other teams seem to be making adjustments. So going back to Steve's question of ten minutes ago, you know, what do you think about getting rid of some of these coaches? I don't know what you want to get rid of these guys. I don't think he said that. You got to do something. You got to do something. You got to. I mean, no. I'm not, I don't know if anybody's any better. I don't know what's going on in the locker room, but you got to be prepared for the other team to make changes. Let's just be clear, Seth. I just thought. I just want to know your opinion about these new. I know. Coaches. I know. I'm not, not getting rid of. I'm coaches. not saying you yeah. just think we should. I'm not saying we should. I'm not sure we should either. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know that. You well, know, you know, I, this is always a you know, it, you know, being in the locker room at halftime, right? I've, I've, I've heard a couple different things on how you do adjustments, right? So, um, you know, defense, at least defensively, right? Hey, this is how they are. This is how they are gashing us. Okay, this is how we're gonna fix it. Okay, when we fix it, this is what they're going to come with, right? This is what they're going to counter with. Okay, so just conversely thinking on the offense, right? Hey, this is what we did well or we didn't do well, right? Okay, so this is what we do well. This is how they're going to stop us. This is what we're going to go to as soon as we see it. Or this is what we want to do this half. This is how we're going to exploit them. As soon as they stop us on this, here's our counter to it. So that's – that's kind of the mentality, at least for me, I think should be going on at halftime. I'm not in the locker room at halftime. Um, so I don't know. I'm a, that is what I've experienced. Um, whether we've played well or we haven't played well, the, the point is that you got to make halftime adjustments, whether you're doing well or poor, because the other team's going to make adjustments because they're doing well or poor. Let so, me ask you a basic question. Did you see any halftime adjustments by the Army offense yesterday? Halftime adjustments. It's hard, Seth. It's hard to know that because I don't know what the actual. I don't know what they had. Go. I don't know the game plan going into the game. So right. I know as a fan and as as a, someone who knows football and as someone who watches a lot of football, I can I know basically like, hey, it doesn't look like we're doing much better or, Hey, we're doing a lot better. That doesn't necessarily mean we made greater poor adjustments at half. It just means whatever we're doing this half, the guys are executing better. And that's not necessarily an adjustment. And that's why I can't, I don't really know if we made poor or good adjustments or if we made any adjustments at all, um, because I don't know what we went into the game 
the game plan with. And that and that's just an I, honest. I don't know either, but what I saw was, you know, and I saw the same thing against Air Force. I, I see the same play being run over. Listen, I'm just a fan. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a journalist. I'm a sports writer. I've been doing this for a million years. But the, the bottom line, I'm a fan. I'm rooting for this team hard, as hard as anybody out there, because uh, I've given them many years of my life. Right. You know, I've been going to games since I was a kid and many games every year. And I want them to win. And I'm rooting for every one of these kids. And I sit there and I and the coaches, too, because they've done some sensational things in the seven or eight years they've been here. Um, but but I sit there and I say, boy. If this isn't working, try something else and maybe try that something else two times in a row so then you can spread the defense and you can go back to the fullback and dive and then get you six or seven yards instead of two. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm just not seeing it. What I'm seeing is a panic thing when it's it's now suddenly, you know, second and ten, and then we, we drop back for a pass and, the, and he gets he gets sacked or the holding call or something. The next thing you know, it's, it's second and 20 or second and 15, whatever it might have been. And uh, and now we're desperate because we don't have that kind of offense. Everybody knows that. Um, I, so- I think, yeah, I think I wrote, uh, I tweeted during the game. Uh, Marshall had like a 28-yard run, right? And then they had three plays of three yards, and then they punted. You know, they, they get a big play, and they it's hard. They're having trouble following up in that big play, whether it's, you know, the defense playing well, whether it's the play that's called, whether it's the blocking, whether it's the execution, whether it's this or that. And you just – um. Man, you just have to, you have to be better. You have to, and, and to say this nine games into the season, the, this this stuff should be academic for them pretty much these now, right? I mean, it should be like, and it's just there's a lot of shuffling going on, and I think that offensively, they really miss Tyrell Robinson. You know, they really miss Tyrell Robinson, another playmaker. They haven't had him since Wake Forest, and um, you know, the quarterback shuffle is not really working because. There's times in the game where it's like a second and 25 and you think, okay, Jamel Jones is going to trot into the game and he's going to be the quarterback for a passing down. Yes, I know it's obvious that when Jamel Jones comes in, he may pass. You may They may not be running the ball like, like they do. But, I mean, you know, you, then it comes to third and long and it's a fullback dive punt. You know, and then the punt goes 16 yards. I mean, it's just frustrating. Yeah, John. John brings up a good point. It's uh, the identity, right? The identity changed um, after the two games. And honestly, you know, John, we um, don't really know the answer to that, other than maybe that's just what the defenses were giving us. Game situation. They were behind. Game situation. We were playing behind in the first two games. Um, Early games. So, you know, most teams don't like playing triple option teams in the beginning because, one, they, there's not a lot of practice, and two, um, you know, th- th- it's a it's a one-time thing they'll see all season. So mm-hmm. they don't they, – they play a very basic um, – very basic defense and just try to out-athleticize, if that's even a word, uh, uh, the, the triple option team. Uh, but uh, I, I – I think one of the the most important takeaways, right, uh, as we talk about, you know, how we've either changed or how we keep going back to the fullback dive um, and and the quarterback shuffle, and I think one of the the theme is right is the identity of this offense, 
Um, it, it's ever shift shifting and it, it's really, uh, you know, who's your quarterback? Cause I'll tell you what, just from watching, uh, Jones manages the offense and, and controls that huddle very differently than Tyhear Tyler, very differently. Um, you know, it's like it's having two very different personalities control that huddle, at least from the fan perspective in the way execution or the way the urgency or or whatever, what it looks like. And that's that's the hard thing about having the leader of the offense change so frequently is you get kind of like this, you know, who's in charge? How should we be, you know, you know, kind of offense? I want I want to address something John, about John's question there. You know, the first two games we passed a lot. Uh, Sal, correct me if I'm wrong. Against Villanova, the third game of the season, did we? How many times did we pass? Yeah, well, they, there was no completions. There might have been one pass, but maybe there were. Okay, so one pass. Why yeah, are we trying to pass the ball? It's it's almost like a scrimmage. We killed them. Okay, we're up. Whatever we're up by in the second half, pass the ball. Now you maybe you don't want to make them look bad. Okay, that's yeah. the only thing I can think of. But God, I mean, give it a shot. Let's, you know, try other things here. Um, yeah, I, 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 we'll get again, to that I, I don't understand. I don't. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we got to get Munkin on here. He has to explain to us. Well, <laughs> well, you know what they talk about? They talk about running their base plays and running their basic stuff well, right? Well, base plays, you know, the fullback dive, the quarterback keep, the pitch occasionally. It's not so much like base play throw the ball you know it's in their offense but it's not like something that they want to do this, this coaching staff has been that way to a point you know they, their identity is to to run the football and stop the run right steve that's this team's identity that's what the culture that they built here and you know you talk to guys wide receivers like a jeff Ajekum, who's the former wide receiver who you know has to, that role of being a blocking wide receiver you you, you have to embrace it in a in our in army's offense and culture and you know uh, good point by mike on that comment i've been calling for the tight end down the seam all season long and finally they hit lingenfelter down the seam you can't do that multiple times during a game but that that play is there if they want it when the defense is playing nine in the box steve it's there if you can protect the throw it's gonna be there and it's just like same as yeah, five yeah I, I mean, I mean again, I, I, it's not just you know uh, we talk about missed opportunities. It's not just the the turnovers that kill you. I mean, there are multiple pass plays that we had easy completions as well, and not it's not about making completions or 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 whatever. It's the momentum or the lack of momentum that happens from those plays. You know, it it took a you know. It took a play from Marshall to get us a chance um, at the end of the game, whereas the, the the beginning of that series, we had two passes that the ball was just in the dirt, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, the ball could have been easy. Uh, I think it was like a, a little curl route to receiver and a little uh, a little um, little in route from the from the slot or the tight end or whatever. Um, so I just look. We're all saying the same things. We want the offense to play better, and it's not it's not rocket science. I, I want them to do different things. If I'm if I'm the coaching staff at UConn, 
and I'm getting ready for the game tomorrow. I'm sure they're already practicing. They're thinking about it before this, but I'm looking at the film with Army the last two games, and I'm getting ready for the game on Saturday. And I, I, what am I going to practice for? I'm going to, I'm going to stuff the box with nine guys. Okay, maybe eight guys, and I'm, I'm going to expect them to, uh, to do the same thing they did against the last two teams until they prove them wrong, and then you have to try something else. But there's yes. nothing. If I was the coach at UConn or UMass in two weeks. And Navy, we know what Navy thinks because Navy knows us like you know, like like a, a true cousin knows each other. Um, it, it, the, the bottom line is, I, I I'm just gonna go stuff the box because we haven't proven anybody wrong in four games. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't count the Colgate game, but the other games, you know, it's like we're we're just not doing it. And I'm not putting it on the kids. I'm sorry, I'm putting I, I unless I know something I don't know. Unless there's something that somebody wants to tell me, I'm putting it on the coaches. Okay, and well, I think we talked about the offense long enough. I mean, 40 minutes of it, like you said, Steve, we're talking about a lot of the same stuff. Let's give the defense, uh, like John Griffins was here uh, with this comment, let's give the defense their due against Troy. I mean, they were playing without Mark Marquel Broughton and Leo Lowe and their two top tacklers, and you're like, how's this team going to respond? How this, how's this defense going to respond? How's this defense going to play? And they shut out Troy in the first half, and to be honest with you, what they were, yeah, the offense was keeping the ball right. So forty-six plays, and Troy was not getting the ball. Uh, running plays fifteen, but I'm like, is Troy even going to score in this game? Troy didn't look good. I thought the defense had really had an answer for Troy when they were on the field, and some, you know, some fantastic playing by uh, Jimmy Charlo was all over the field in this game. Yep. Um, uh, Quin Quindrelin Hammonds was all over this game. Like, so you don't have Marquell Broughton on the field right now, right? And you have Max DiDomenico playing Mark Marquell's position at, at, at safety, a sophomore. Hammond stepped up, forced that fumble. Andre Carter was involved, got a sack, um, you know, and, um, you know, they were shuffling guys on the inside a lot. Spencer Jones played a little bit. We haven't seen Spencer in a while. Brett Torino was getting reps. They did not have Peyton Hampton in this game either. And Peyton Hampton was starting probably half the games as inside linebacker this year. So they're without your two inside linebackers. You're basically without a lot of the center of your defense, right? And, and your and your 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 heartbeat, man. Yeah. Not I, having I, not having brought out there is obviously a huge thing. And you know, very like you said, Sal, a lot of guys that make a lot of plays were not there today. Or were not there yesterday. Yeah. Um and you know I can only imagine the you know like the coaching staff the the defense get like hey someone's got to make these plays all right because our leading tackler and our leading playmaker are not playing today yeah. right they're not playing this week so someone's got to make these plays and the emphasis has to be on who's gonna make the play who's it gonna be today looking at everybody in the room and and making them understand that one of you has to step up and we've got to have these tackles. We've got to have these big plays. And like you said, Hammond came up with that huge play. Carter showed up. You know, Carter's always, you know, you know, the more I watch Carter play, I I see how much teams like respect his ability. Um, and his, you know, when he got his opportunities to make plays, he made plays. Um, but not having Broughton is always, you know, that's always tough. And I, I you know, I thought I thought um the defense took that as a challenge as far as 
we're not going to let these guys down because they can't play today, but we're going to play as well as we can to give these guys a shot to have one more one more game, a.k.a. the bowl game. And, they, you know, they played well enough to win the game. Second straight. I'm going to sum it up in one word. I'm going to say one word. They, they were fantastic. The defense was fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was so impressed. And, you know, these guys are maturing very quickly. Yep. You guys said two best players are out or two of the best players are out. And, you know, they were all over the place. They were, you know, they, you know, everybody played great. They weren't making mistakes. Um, and when they did make mistakes, when they did bend, they didn't break. And that's the Army defense, good. really. That's how they've been successful pretty much. Yeah, they've had good players when they're winning, but they also it's – a, it's a little bit of a bend-don't break. It's make up – when the opportunities there, make a play. And I think there was one play in the first half, right, where the referees blew the whistle early and they might have – there was a chance that they could have had another forced fumble. And the referees blew the whistle um, maybe prematurely and uh, called the play dead. That I think Charlo might have forced the fumble on the play. I'm not sure who recovered it for Army, but um, – yeah, I think a guy who's unsung on this defense, who's who's coming along, and he's an undersized guy, and you know, one of, one of my favorite guys to watch is Austin Hill, and he's a defensive end that's going to get not a lot of you know he's not he's not going to show up in the stats a lot, but that guy is doing a good job of, of of playing his responsibilities and giving others an opportunity to make plays too. He's he's holding up the front a little bit, and he's able to he's letting other guys make plays. I thought Austin Hill played well in that game. Uh, Bonzu had a sack, I believe. Bonzu had a sack in that game. Uh, he was ca- he was captain, um, defensive captain, so to speak, in this game with, with Marquel out. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Like it's another challenge against UConn, and we'll see if this defense can. You know what? You kind of feel for the defense a little bit. A little bit. They're giving Army every opportunity to win this game on um, on Saturday, and they deserve, they deserve better, right? They deserve better. Here we go, Brendan in New Jersey's. Here we appreciate Brendan. How you doing? Oh man, yeah. Uh, it was a good weekend in spite of the game. Uh, you know, I was I was lucky in that regard. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on um, your thoughts. So, on- hey, Brandon, before we go on, uh, before okay. we get you your your soapbox, we've already talked about <laughs> the missed opportunities, right? Uh, some of the play calling. Uh, and the halftime adjustments, you know, poor, you know, not there or whatever. And then we were just finishing up talking about just how great the defense has played the last couple of weeks, but definitely against Troy with, without their play, without two of their, their, you know, their number one tackler and their number one playmaker. So um, yeah, just kind of, you know. With that in mind, let yeah, us know. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try, I'll try not to tread uh, too much on territory you guys have already covered. Yeah, I mean, the, the, so, so throw, throw out the first two games of the season, right? I mean, those were against one still top twenty-five team and another one that's on the cusp. Um, but if you just look at the last seven games, the defense has played really well in five of those, and the offense has played well in three of those. So, uh, it's, it's not hard to see which is the kind of uh, better performing unit on on the season uh arguably but yeah i i so i i got curious after this game and i was like when when was the last time army was held to single digits two weeks in a row and steve i'm so sorry to say but it was the end of the 2008 season it's been that long 
Yeah, Brennan, thanks for saying that. Sal already covered that earlier, okay? <laughs> My sophomore year, oh, man, Rutgers, Navy, got it. Thanks. Uh, yeah. I, hate, yeah. I, I, I still hate Rutgers, by the way. I don't know how many people feel that strongly about it, but I just want to throw that in there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's uh, – so more, um, more presently, I guess, um, two weeks in a row they've been shut out in the second half. And that's just like, I, I mean, I, I like, I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, and no, Brandon, Brandon, me and Seth were kind of talking about this earlier. Do you think it's due to uh, poor halftime adjustments, or do you just think it's due to the other team is making better halftime adjustments? I guess is how I would how I'd phrase it. Oh yeah, I mean, I think. Uh... I think trying to narrow it down to just one factor, like it's, it's, it's all, it's always more than one thing. Right. So I think it's, it's either poor or lack of halftime adjustments on army's part. And I just feel like, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think I brought this up last week or the week before, but there's just like, there's not, um, there's, there's just not a fear factor from army anymore. Uh, like if I'm an opposing coach and, they're on my schedule. Like, I don't look at it the same way that I look at it, you know, two, three, five years ago. Um, oh, man. There was something else. Uh, there was something else I was, I was talking to someone recently with, but I can't remember at the moment. No, I mean, I, I look, I, I think Army is still uh, a fear factor as far as you know, we saw we saw it this past year. I mean, Tennessee, the University of Tennessee, who's arguably one of the best teams in the nation, didn't want to play Army this year. Um, so I, I think I think you know I, I understand where you're talking about this season in particular. You know, UMass, UConn, Navy, like they may not be looking at you know Army as a you know threat. Or I think I think it's I think it's really since Ball State last season. I think Ball State kind of broke them in a way that was really kind of soul crushing. And that's, and that's another game where they got shut out in, in the second half. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens like offensively. Uh, see how they come out against UConn. You know, I, I I'm guessing if we talk to uh, Brent Davis this week, you know, during his press conference availability, I'm sure he's going to say, Hey, we just got to do the average things better. I'm sure we're going to get – I'm sure he's not – if they're planning on doing anything different, I'm sure he's not going to tell us that they're planning on doing anything different on offense. I think that, you know, we have to see how Ijon Marshall is. Um, you have to, you know, if Ijon's out, then you got to you gotta maybe get the ball in, you know, Brahim Murphy's hands a little bit more. You got to get the ball – Give uh, Maurice Ballon got a, a carry as a slot back and maybe turn the quarter for like six, five or six yards. That's fine. For one play in the option offense, you'll take five to six yards of a play every chance you can get it. And maybe get Miles Stewart in the game. I mean, he's a guy that's gotten reps as a slot back. I know he's a guy who has some speed and see if he can get to the edge. And uh, who knows what they'll do. Who knows if they – I don't think they're going to put Tyre at slot back anymore. I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think that that was specifically for the Air Force game. But we'll see what they come up with. Um, you, you know, we did see guys. I did want to comment on this real quick. I know we talked a lot about the offense in this, in this podcast, in this recap, 
But you did see Hayden Reed get some carries at fullback against um, Troy. You did see Markel Johnson get some carries against Troy. So I thought that was something that maybe they could have done against Air Force, just mixing it up when Buchanan. You didn't see a lot of Jacoby Buchanan in this game at, at the beginning of the game. You didn't see a lot of Jacoby Buchanan. You see a lot of Tyson Riley. You saw Hayden Reed. Saw, Tyson Riley took a playoff. You saw Hayden Reed in there. Um, Buchanan got in the game later in the second quarter. Um, but keep those guys fresh, right? Keep the guys fresh. That's when Army's had success running the ball with the fullbacks. It's been keeping those fullbacks fresh and give the younger guys who, who have proven themselves throughout the year, give them a chance, give them a carry here or a carry there and see if they can break one off. I mean, you, you got to, you can't be quarterback Riley Buchanan against UConn. Cause if you do that, I don't think that's going to, I don't think you're going to have the success that you really want need to have against a pretty good now bowl eligible UConn team. You know, I, I, I I've been following UConn this year. Uh, you know, I, I uh, read the ex of the old coach, uh, was my floor mate at Syracuse. So I've always followed the team and I've watched them a few times, more than a few times this year. And I'll, I'll tell you, they're not small on the line. They're probably bigger than we are and they're fast. And more importantly, they're playing with reckless abandon. They, they're, they're trying to prove something um, and the coaches are doing it. And it's kind of like we have nothing to lose attitude at this team all year long. And it's been working for them. You know, they beat a very good Liberty team yesterday. Yeah. Uh, they, they've stayed in games against a couple other teams. They got beat bad by some big teams like Syracuse, which turned out to be not such a great team this year. But Michigan killed them. Um, but in the games that they've been in and they've won, they've won six games now, uh, you, you see a team that's hungry and they're doing things differently and they're trying things differently. If we go out and do the same thing we've been doing, I'll take those. T- I'll, I'll, it's going to be <laughs> We're going to be ten point underdogs going in. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's this is not a bad team, and and they're hungry, and they're and they're playing like they have nothing to lose, and now they don't have anything to lose because six and six. You know, they're going to go to a, they may go to a bowl game. I mean, they don't they don't have big big following, so not a lot of people follow them around. So that that's going to hurt them at six and six or even even seven and five. But they may get themselves into a bowl game at six and six. They got nothing to lose. This is their last game. You yeah, know, they're going to It doesn't matter. You know, Steve, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this and even Brendan and Seth. This is going to be senior day for Army coming up against UConn, right? It's going to be the last game for guys like Tyre Tyler, uh, for guys like Andre Carter and uh, Connor Bishop. You know, there's a bunch of seniors on this team that play a, play a role. Uh, Mar- Marquell brought, and hopefully Marquell can get back into back into the lineup for Army. Um, so you hope, you know, you think that, is that, does that play a role in this game a little bit that, you know, you're playing your last game at Mike? Yeah, I, I I think it's honestly, I think it's just execution on both sides of the ball. Well, all three phases, because we talked about special teams. It's going to be execution on all three phases that win this game, right? Emotion, Munkin talks about emotion not playing too much of a role in winning a game, right? But execution. So I just, man, Steve, I know that when you probably, when you had your senior day, I know it was a big day for you. And it's going to be hard to believe that some of these guys are playing their last game at Mikey, but you want to go out your last game at Mikey on the, on the good side with a win and not, you know, the way they've been playing. So I don't know if that, I don't no, know. I mean, doing. there will be, there will a hundred percent be some extra emotion uh, at the game. Uh, there will be, um, you know, the, the one thing you want to try to prevent is guys trying to do too much, right. You get, you get too 
excited and trying to do too much on one play and it costing them, whether that's on the offense or defense. Um, I, I just, uh, I, I think you just said it, Sal is the best way to send these seniors out is with a win, right? <laughs> like that's that, that'll be what they remember from their senior night. Um, I know we had, uh, pretty good where we got, we actually got to get a lead and we had, you know, some seniors that didn't play very much, um, actually play and, and make some yeah. plays, which was pretty cool experience for them. And that's what you hope for, for senior day is you get on top, you control the clock and you get some of these guys that have, that have paid their dues over the years to, to get a couple plays, but it doesn't mean anything unless you get the W. So, um, a lot of emotion, especially when you got moms out there on the field and she's getting the rose and she's so proud of you. And, <laughs> you know, dad's patting you on your back. Like, I can't believe you did this. You know, like, you know, yeah. it's a lot of, a lot of emotions. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think the, hopefully these seniors reach out to those boys, you know, they have some GAs or some guys that went through senior, you know, senior, um, their senior game last year. I'm like, Hey man, you know, what, what can I expect? Because the last thing you want to do is go into this week and kind of think it's like a regular game. And then you're overtaken by all the extracurricular as a senior that you're a part of. And it gets you sidetracked uh, for the game. And I know people don't really think of it that way and you don't as a player, but looking back on it now as, you know, as a, as a previous player and now as a father, as I think about, you know, when my son's senior day is going to be, um, it just kind of, um, you know, something that you don't want to go in unprepared for. I've, I've definitely heard from other former players that senior day can be a tough game. Cause it's just like, it, it's, it can be hard to settle in kind of after all of the, the ceremony of it. And uh, I, I think that was probably a little bit true last year. Cause you know, UMass was a big underdog, and that that game took a long time to finally put away. I don't know if I don't like I don't know if that's uh, if that tracks with your experience, uh, Steve. Yeah, no, I and I I think there's something to it, right? So I know when I was a senior, what I what I try to do was I try to ask, hey, like, make sure our guys know prior to what's going to be expected of the seniors, right? How much time at a pregame are they going to have to commit to this, right? What is actually going – what's our itinerary for the seniors and what do we have to change about our pregame to where when we run out on the stadium for real, like it, we've had time to get back into the zone. And that was my biggest – that was my biggest thing talking to the coach and, and – talking to the program was, you know, I was, I was a senior captain and I told them all I want is a chance for our seniors to get back in the zone prior to, you know, going out on the field. Because I remember we went out to the field and the seniors were just finishing up seniors, senior day. Like that's where they started. So there was no, this like routine, there was none of this reset period. It was like, I just got done crying giving my mom love and my dad's so proud of me. And, you know, I graduate in six months or eight months and this is my last football game. It might be like a lot of, lot of different things unpacked. And now it's kickoff five minutes later. And you, know, I, you can, you can see how 
you know, especially at a place at West Point or the academies, senior night means a little bit different, you know, something a little bit different um, than just at a, at a regular college, at least in the aspect of not just being the last football game at, at your home stadium. So let's that would be right. – yeah, go ahead, right. Go ahead. Well, let's hope you're right. Let's hope that the, the motivation is there. And, um, you know, it's going to be a cold day. Just look at the weather. It's supposed to be about 35 degrees there. Yeah, football weather. Football weather. It might be good. Maybe we need cold weather. Maybe that's what we need. Um, I was lucky. I was fortunate enough my senior year. We didn't play one game in the cold. It was like 50 degrees every game. It was great. I'll never forget yeah. it. This is gonna yeah, be no, we, we got to, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be, uh, you know, we got to get back on track, right? Um, that's the, that's the biggest thing is if we want to have a shot at, um, you know, beating Navy this year and finishing on a strong note, it starts this week, starts tomorrow at practice. Um, and and it's got, you know, we just got, we got to get right. Yeah. And I don't think like the whole bowl situation, right at three and six, when you're playing Navy on December 10th and most of the bowls will probably be decided by then. I, I don't. I don't think a I don't think a bowl game is going to be in the cards for Army this this year because even if you do run the table, you have the six wins with the two wins over the FCS teams. You know we'll see how. I, I thought I heard Army Radio say that Independence Bowl, um, people, a chairman or whatever you want to say, representatives were at you know Troy for the for the for the Troy game for Army, but I don't know. I think it's just we, we beat UConn, beat UConn, right? Yep. Just work beat on beating UConn and then. Then you have UMass and Navy and see what happens. I mean, if you're if that extra game comes down the road, and that's what Tyler Tyler was talking about a lot too. He's like he that he was asked about bowl eligibility. He's like that you can't really think too much about bowl eligibility when you're in the hole that Army's in right now. You want to just dig yourselves out of the hole and st- hopefully get something positive rolling at the end, not only for these seniors, right? But for these guys they're they're gonna be still in the program next year. You know, you yeah. wanna Get something That's positive. Exactly right. You, you got to build for the future. I brought this up a few weeks ago that you know it's it's not just about this year. It's about next year. Next year is a tough. We got we got some. You know, we haven't discussed the schedule that they put uh, yeah. out. Um, you know we're playing yeah, LSU at, at Syracuse at LSU and BC at home, uh, and then a couple other schools that are, you know Troy's home and I don't have it in front of me. But yeah, yeah. they have they have they have Coastal Carolina again. Coastal yeah, Carolina again. Yeah. Air Force Navy. It's yeah. not an easy schedule. Delaware State, and who's the other uh, FC? Holy Cross. Holy Cross. Oh, Holy, Holy Cross. Cross is good this year. It's uh, real simple. Gentlemen, it gets real simple, right? Beat UConn. Right, that's it. <laughs> that's where we got to start. That's where we got to start. Can I bring up something else? And, uh, yeah, let's do our, yeah, we'll go do our parting go ahead. We'll do our parting thoughts. And then I'll um, you know, again, you know, and Sal doesn't like when I talk about it, but on, on some of the sites here, people are talking about the Nebraska job. Uh, what do we know about uh, Nebraska? Uh, some people are saying that um, that uh, Munkin is a favorite for the job. Do we know anything? I don't have any intel, right? I don't have any intel on that. But, you know, the Nebraska, the old school Nebraska fans are going to want to bring in the coach like Jeff Munkin, who, who has that, mm-hmm. you know, triple option uh, background, who they see as a really fiery guy that that is a motivator, right? He's going to be at the top of a lot of them. Um, your openings and I, I don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes there I, I haven't heard anything on that um I'll tell you I think I think um you know this is just you know speculation um but 
Munkin, Munkin, I believe Munkin wants to be the all-time wins record holder at Army. And I think, I think um, he has a lot of things on his bucket list to do at Army that he hasn't done yet. Um, and look, uh, I, I could be completely off here, right? But uh, I think he's the type of guy that unless, you know, he starts to get pushed out where he doesn't, you know, monk it, you know, St. Monk, he, he, he has a lot of pull at West Point. Um, so if, if it gets, if it gets to a point where, you know, maybe that, that relationship changes, I could see him leaving, but I, I, I think, um, he's going to end up being the all-time wins holder at army. And, um, I think he's going to, he's got a couple things on the bucket list he wants to do before he leaves. One of them is, you know, getting rid of this, not being able to beat a top 25 team. Yeah. I think that, um, so you talk about, you know, his longevity, how long he'll be at West Point. I think that that also is, is kind of melted in with the the superintendent. The superintendent is, is new as a new superintendent, right? Steve Gilland. And he's not a, a superintendent with a football background. So we'll see how those two mesh, you know, see how football and that meshes too. I uh, will see what happens with that. Um, yeah, he was pretty calm. Uh, he was pretty. Uh, he was how would very calm. <laughs> how would you describe him, Seth? I didn't very calm. I was surprised. I was surprised uh, how calm he was at uh, this game. And he was frustrated with the Air Force game, but I expected. Uh, a little bit more in that game, after that game too in the presser. And, um, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. I, I'd like to keep this guy. I think he's a good coach. Um, but you know, when Nebraska comes calling, if they're calling, I don't know. Well, well here's are. the thing. Here's the thing too, with any opening that Munkin is considered for, right. He has to, he has a cer- certain things that he has on this list that he needs to have have a program successful he certain amount of um assistant quality of assistant coaches with salaries for your staff um facilities and that kind of stuff you know just backing from and you say nebraska right you say nebraska well of course they're all in on football so they're going to give they're going to roll out the red carpet for a guy like munkin and give him whatever he wants well sometimes that doesn't happen at certain power five schools where you have your list of demands that you want or your list of needs that you want to start to, to be the head coach at the school. And if the school doesn't meet every one of them, you, you, you may not go. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we know his contract is extended out at least for another couple of years at, at least at army. I kind of lost track. I thought it was like 25 or 26. Maybe he's, He's got five more years, you think, Steve? Uh, twenty twenty-five is what I, is what I'm tracking. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think these that, guys all know, have buyouts. There's all buyouts there. No, we understand that. We understand yeah. that. We'll see. I mean, I think Nebraska, I guess, is going to wait till the end of the season to hire a coach. I guess I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I mean, I, I'm not. You know, we can't give it much noise, man. I mean, every year he's he someone's asking for him every year. Yeah. Ever since ever since he went to you know four or five straight bowls. Yeah. Um, so a team's been asking about him every year and he's got to go, he's got to go through this every year where the team or, or somebody hears something and now the players are a little concerned and he's got to be like, look, 
I get I get offered every year, guys. Okay, so just calm down. You guys, the team will be the first to know. Um, and, Has and, he been offered every year? Has he been offered jobs? He's yeah. People have been. He was he was a finalist for the Kansas job. Yes, Lance Leipold got. It was it was Kansas, yeah. and the year before that, it was um, yeah. it was uh, another Midwest state to try to bring some difference to the Big Twelve slash um. Well, Nebraska had Nebraska before they hired Frost, right? I mean, but you know, I mean, he's he's like you said, Steve. I mean, dude, I'm surprised. Um, dude, the guy's won everywhere he's been. Yeah, of course, yeah. teams are gonna want him, and he's got a. The player, he's got to tell the players every year, look, guys, like, I, look, here's the rumors. Here's the truth. You guys, trust me, we will set a meeting the first hour it happens, and I will let you know. You won't read it on Twitter. So, yeah. um, and that's yeah, the kind yeah, of guy yeah, He'll be signed, sealed, delivered. Um, yeah, know. I know that if you're, if you're talking to, like, parents, right, parents of players, they don't want him to go anywhere. They know that their kids are in great hands with Coach Munkin. They look, they, uh, they don't want Coach Munkin to go anywhere. I know that's not really a factor; it plays into a factor. But I think this whole message board thing sometimes is, yeah, Army fans are pissed off. They're losing right now, and um, Army fans are they are they trying to say a change is needed at West Point? No, but is there news out there? You know, sometimes, honestly. Seth, to be honest with you, sometimes it's um, certain people that are putting out those names that have agendas too. So that's that's that's. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. You know, sometimes no. the names are purposely put out there, purposely put out there. That's all I'll say. From my from my knowledge, I think it's something we need to pay attention to because, um, you know, I, I see a little bit of frustration on him. I I think he was, you know, he came across the last two games as somebody who, a lot more calm than I expected. I've seen. And you know there might be something on. I don't know. There might not be something. I just. On. I don't. I, I just mean, look. If I, Nebraska, I, if, uh, see, let me finish. If I'm a Nebraska fan, and at the end of the year, uh, I announce that I'm hiring Jeff Munkin, and he's finishing four and eight, or five and seven, or you know, God, God willing, six and six. Um, you know, and maybe even three and nine at Army. You know, some of the fans are going to sit there and say, "What? You know, <laughs> what are we doing here?" But having said that, you know, they had Scott Frost, your favorite son. You know, great player there. He came and did nothing. So maybe they want to think outside the box, you know, and may, and by the way, his recruiting will be very different on Nebraska than it was at West Point. You know, he has a lot more, lot less to deal with. You know, every good kid in Nebraska goes to the school, you know, and then he has to compete for Oklahoma, Texas, and a couple other states. Now he'll, he'll, he'll make that a nationwide recruiting. And that's a good thing for them. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Hey, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. All right. I'll just I'll just say I mean I am I am far from being a source, but I know people who know people. I haven't heard any smoke about the Nebraska job, so yeah. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Look, it, that's you know, and look, final thoughts, man. We yeah, let's get the final thoughts. We just gotta look. Our defense is playing great. Love to see us get healthy. You know, continue to play great. UConn's gonna come just like Seth talked about, man. This this UConn team is gonna come into Mikey on senior night and take all that action and want to just and just bring it. They're going to want to bring everything they've brought and use senior night as a skew. Hey, let's beat these guys on the senior night. Really crush their souls. Hey, it's their last game at Mikey this season. Let's crush. Let's bring them up. You know what I mean? They'll use that as a way. And we've got to just maintain our emotions 
hold on to the football and play a complete game, offense, special teams, defense. And that's the only way we're going to leave senior night and our last game at Mikey with a win. There you go. Seth, your final thoughts here. Uh, same thing I said last week. I was surprised that we didn't try things differently uh, against Air Force. And I said, I said, hopefully this week we'll be, I'm, I'm looking for something different. I didn't really see it. I'm going to say the same thing. We got to have an offense. Our defense is great. We played great the last two weeks. I'm not talking about defense. On offense, uh, we got to try some new things uh, because, like Steve just said, they're going to come in and try to ruin our senior day, senior night. It's a day game, isn't it? It's a day game? Yeah, it's a noon kick. Yeah. A noon kick. Yeah. yeah, noon game. So, I mean, they're going to try to ruin our, our, our senior day, um, and we have to do everything we can um, over the next five days to make sure they don't do that. Um, and I'm expecting a real tough game here, and uh, uh, and we're going against a team that – has a lot to prove, just like we've had a lot to prove over the last six, seven years under Munkin. This is a team that has been down and out. They got kicked out of a league. Nobody wants to play them. They have to go out and play every every decent team on the road and uh, and very few home games. And now they're trying to say, hey, you know, we want to be counted. By the way, the ACC is looking to expand by one team, rumor has it. Okay. Uh, they want to be that one team, um, if that's true. And they're trying to prove themselves. So there's a lot to prove for Connecticut, and we got to show them that uh, that you know West Point can you know still beat them, and maybe we can get back to six and six. UMass is not a good team, and Navy's Navy. You know we don't know. So I'm expecting to see some changes in the offensive strategy going into this week. <laughs> Brendan, what what do you got? So, uh, so I, I I think a lot of a lot of why fans are so frustrated this season in particular is over the past eight years, we've kind of talked ourselves into certain like quote unquote rules where it's like, Oh, like if army hits like these, these certain benchmarks in a game, then they're guaranteed to win, you know, like, Oh, if they dominate time and possession or, or whatever you have, the problem is there's no law that says the other team has to care about any of that. And the ultimate example for me is the uh, Armed Forces Bowl against San Diego State. Army had the ball for 46 minutes. They still nearly lost that game to San Diego State. San Diego State didn't care that their defense was getting knee-bone souped into oblivion. As long as they can still put put up more points when the clock hits, you know, triple zeros for the final time. That's all that matters. And I, I, I think what I meant about the fear factor before, I think more teams are kind of waking up to that. You still have teams like Miami last year where I don't know if anybody remembers that bizarre press conference that their coach had where he was, like, making excuses before the game, saying, like, yeah, we're going to get cup locked to death. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, I remember that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Honestly, it was so bizarre. I kind of respected him for it. It was so, like, (laughs) it it was just so um, uh, unfiltered. But um, anyway, like, like, I don't really know. I don't really know how you fix the rest of the season other than just taking it one game at a time. But I just, I know going forward to me, there's three keys to the offense. A, you got to develop an alpha quarterback who is the unquestioned starter, except for injury. B, you got to have a solid rotation at fullback. You can't be afraid to throw new guys into the fire because you're going to have to throw them in eventually. And C, you got to make an effort. You got to make some effort to get the ball to, 
your most talented playmakers on the outside. Don't tell me that the slapbacks can't get carries because it's a triple option offense when the majority of your plays are fullback dive and QB power. Okay. Those aren't option plays. You can call a slapback toss, uh, a flat route, a screen, wheel route, whatever. You can you can do it. We've seen it before and it's worked great. So that's that's all I really have to say. Yeah, so my real quick parting shots will be uh, just there was some good news on the football field for Army this week. Uh, weekend Army prep beat Navy prep 14-7. So Army prep swept, you know, Air, Air Force and Navy this season. Uh, 27-9, I believe they beat Air Force and 14-7. They beat Navy on Saturday. Uh, a kick return touchdown for RJ uh, Dematic. Uh, to start the game uh, for for the Army prep, and that got them going 14-7. Um, that's pretty much all I got. We, we talked a lot about the offense. We talked a lot about the defense's performance. Let's see what team – we don't know what team we're going to get with Army when they show up against UConn. We'll see what team shows up on, on Saturday at Mikey Stadium. Seth Mendelson will be there covering the game. I'll be there covering the game. We'll have coverage. Check out blacknightnation.com. Seth's game stories up there. I wrote a little write-up about Army Prep. I'm going to do my quick thoughts, uh, post them tomorrow. And, um, yeah, check out our U- check out our YouTube channel. Please, guys, if you're watching this right now, subscribe to the YouTube, uh, our channel. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, if you're watching this on the replay, give us your comments. I read the comments after they co- on replays, and I'll, re- I'll give it a thumbs up or I'll respond to your comments too. So thanks a lot for watching us tonight. This was the recap of Army's 10-9 loss at Troy. And we'll be back uh, next week to recap the UConn game. Thanks a lot, guys. Beat UConn. Good night, guys.